1: FM. I am so thrilled to have a returning guest come on and say yes to being on my show for another eight episodes. She's going to be my guest co-host, and we have so many wonderful topics to talk about. Hero Boga is returning. She was on many years ago, and she's a business strategist, a teacher, and an advisor, and a mentor, and just a wise woman. Today, we're going to talk about power and radiance and your ability to choose and safety. It's just so lovely to be in her presence. Until she turns the corner or turns the mic on me and asks me the questions, you're going to hit hear a bit of dead air because once again, she turned the mics on me, asked me the questions, and I had a little bit of a panic. So you'll be hearing that. It's a real conversation today with Hero Boga, and I'm thrilled for you that you get to be a part of these conversations that I'm going to be having with her today and in future days. Before I go, I want to do a huge shout out to Three Buoys. Thank you so much for leaving an iTunes review on my for my show. And you guys, I have a shout out or I have an ask actually. If you've left an iTunes review or if you want to leave an iTunes review, take a picture of yourself, send me the review and also because then I'd love to showcase you on my website. I'm getting a new website. We've heard my saga about it. It is coming and I'm going to have a place that I'm going to be sharing testimonials. So if you want to be a part of that, send it to me. Send me your review, send me a picture of yourself and let me know. Uh, You never know. You may be on it. So here's Hero Boga and myself talking about power and radiance, and I will circle back afterwards. Thanks so much for listening. Hero Boga, hello and welcome back to my show.
0: Hi, Corinne. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm so, so thrilled to be here again.
1: I'm so honored that you're coming back and you're gonna come here for eight shows. So thank you so much for coming onto the show again. Today we're gonna to be talking about power in radiance. And how powerful we would be if we felt safe enough to stand in our own radiance. And I know you have so much to say about this topic. I just can't wait to hear.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, power is a quality of soul, which means that because we are all incarnate souls, Um. It's a quality that we're born with. It's part of our spiritual DNA. It's what enables us to come from kind of the realms of formlessness into this life. You know, it takes power to create uh, a body. It takes power to create an incarnation. And once we're here, um, power is what we use to create. Everything we use it to create our physical bodies, we create it. we use it to to make choices about how we're going to live. Um, and so the more that we understand what power is and how it functions in our lives and in our in our world, the more skillfully and effectively. so we can be custodians of this quality that we've been given has a gift of grace.
1: So what is power? Because I imagine a lot of listeners out there, especially females, are resistant to standing in their own power.
0: Yeah, I'm not even sure what that means to stand in our own power, you know? The way that I think about power. Um, as I said, it's a quality of soul. And... We are incarnate souls and we have our being, not just in our physical world, you know, there's one aspect of our souls that is incarnate in this world that shows up as who we are as completely unique beings. So, you know, there's nobody else who has ever been like you, Corinne, or whoever will be. You know, you're as unique as your own fingerprint, but that's not all of who you are because you have your your soul exists not just in your physical presence, but in your energetic presence, which people recognize and respond to even if they don't think about it in that way. Um, and it continues on into subtle energy realms and then into the realms of essence and unity. So your soul exists along all this, this entire spectrum, if you will, of beingness and power exists also along this entire spectrum of beingness, but it functions differently depending on where, where you're locating yourself. So I know this sounds, hopelessly abstract, but if you think about something really concrete, you know, tell me about about a a time when you had to make um, a decision about something that was important to you.
1: So you're asking me?
0: I Um, am, yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh. um, a, A decision that was important to me. Um. Does it matter if it's like just like a negative thing or a positive thing?
0: Doesn't matter. It can be as, as small, I mean, it can be as small as deciding what to have for breakfast or as big as deciding when to have children or who to get married to or how to shape your business. Like, you know, we're we're always making choices, right?
1: Well, t- I've been talking about this a bit in the show. Recently I purchased a car. So, oh. See, so, And you want me to, what was the question again? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So recently I purchased a car and it was an interesting process that I went through as I was purchasing the car because I was really grounded throughout this process of, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I had an idea of what I was going to buy. And as I was test driving and learning about the cars, I got rid of the stories of what these cars meant or what I liked and into what were my priorities and how did I want to exist with my car? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And so what made you ultimately decide on the car that you bought? What did you buy, by the way?
1: Well, so the story starts out that I was going to buy an Audi Q7. So a year oh. ago, if you asked me, that's what I was going to buy. Mm-hmm. And in the fall, I decided to give myself six months because I don't do well under, you know, uh, with my back against the wall in time I can make a yeah. rash decision. So I just said, I just want to give myself some time and take a look. And at that point I'd realized that the Q7 was too large. I didn't want a car that big. And I'd actually come down to, I wanted a car that was 184 inches. <laughs> and, uh, mm. that, that became, I, that wasn't my top priority at first, but that became my biggest priority that cut out a lot of cars. Um, because I looked at the the Q7 was too big, the Honda Pilot was too big, the Acura MDX was too big, the BMW X5 was too big. All of these cars were too big. So all of a mm-hmm. sudden, all of that, and it helped me get a little bit more constricted. And I looked at really small cars, like a Mini Cooper, or even a Volkswagen Beetle. One day I was like, I'm going to get a stick shift, and I'm going to have a Volkswagen Beetle. Um, but I didn't like any of those either. So I that became one of my big priorities. And then the other was... I have a bad back. And so I needed to make sure I had a seat that would support my back. Mm -hmm. So the 184 inches and then the seat. And so the car I wound up getting was not a car that was really on my radar. And it was a Toyota RAV. But Uh it had all, I mean, it was 183 inches. The seats are fabulous for my back. It had Mm -hmm. the electronics that I like because I like to listen to podcasts. And that seemed to be pretty simple. Um, and it had this, my, the reason the 184 inches were so important, and this sounds so silly right now, I feel like this is so tedious, but when in my small town that I live in and down the downtown area, parking is just, Uh it takes a lot of energy and Uh I wanted to keep it as simple as possible for when Uh I do go down and park. And so a small car would make it easier to park in the downtown area. And then the other thing is that this car, one of my clients, he said to me, he goes, Corinne, You just want a car that will parallel park for you. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, Hero, if I could really let go of control that much and let a car park for me. But this camera has a bird's eye view of the entire car, so Mm -hmm. I can see while I can see outside of the car and making sure I'm am I inside the X's. So that became like the final decision making process.
0: Yeah, and it's not silly at all. What you did was you broke down what was really important to you, Mm -hmm. you know, that simplicity, the ease of parking, uh, making it so that driving is not stressful, making sure that your back is supported in a way that you are comfortable, making sure that you can listen to the podcasts that you want to listen to. Like all of these things matter. and every choice that you make is an exercise of power. You know, we always have the power to choose. We may not have always the power to choose with the kind of meticulous detail that you went through with your car. And, and by the way, I went through the exact same process in buying my car last year. <laughs> um, because buying a car is not just buying a car. It is saying, This is how I choose to live. This is what is important to me. This is what is going to support me most fully uh, in bringing my radiance into the world. Uh, If your attention keeps snagging on things that aren't that important, you know, if you're constantly stressed out because. You're having to drive your kids back and forth, and and you you know you're trying to park, and you can't see where you're going, or you can't see behind you. All of those things steal energy. All of those things drain your energy. And so, in making the choices that you make, you are choosing that which supports you in bringing the fullness of your presence to everything that you do, and. The same principle applies in, you know, that, that you used in buying the car, uh, applies in the choices that you make about, um, how you want to live, how you want to shape your business, how you want to relate to time, how you want to relate to space in your, in your, in your life and in your work. Um, all of these are exercises of power. You know, the, your, your I mean, so these are expressions of power in in your personhood. We I mean, were talking about that spectrum in which power functions and power functions um, in your personhood as your personal power. Your personal power is not the only power there is. And it's not the only power you have access to, but it is, it is the one that's closest to us. And it is composed of a number of qualities that include sovereignty and self-esteem, knowing yourself, appreciating yourself, supporting yourself, um, being present, being focused, having clear, strong, flexible boundaries, having understanding and insight. And you demonstrated all of that in how you exercised your power to choose the car that you wanted and it wasn't I think it's telling that it wasn't any of the ones you were considering initially because you know we start out kind of with ideas and ideas seldom have any substance to them <laughs> until we actually start to dig into how they relate to our own lives, right? Well and that's so,
1: Yes, exactly sorry, go ahead. the Audi, the reason I like the Audi was it, it was it's a beautiful car on the outside. And I would see uh-huh. it. I was like, oh, that really captured my eye. And I really liked the grills and the four circles. And But then when I realized, I thought, and I had to unpack my stories about an Audi. And I realized, well, when I'm in the car, I don't see the four grills or the grills and the four circles. I'm inside the car. I mean, I'll see it on the the, the steering wheel, right? The four circles. But that wasn't enough for me to buy the car, <laughs> yeah and and so unpacking those stories that I had were really important in to to be aware and to really go into what was important to me, not to other people, and to separate myself from other people
0: yeah yeah it is it is acting on behalf of your best self, you know acting on behalf of your whole self and acting from the inside out. That, all of that is an exercise of power. I mean, power to choose is such a fundamental thing. You, know, you can be, I mean, think about Nelson Mandela being in jail all of those years. He did not have the power to choose his circumstances, but he had the power to choose how he was going to meet them and who he was going to become as a result of experiencing them. And that power made him who he is. And we all have that power. I mean, right now, you know, I've just recently had hip replacement surgery. And there are times when, I, in that kind of, you know, when I'm just waking up and I'm not quite awake yet, uh, and I can feel myself leaping out of bed and, you know, running to the bathroom because I need to go pee, uh, and But then, as my feet hit the floor, there's, I realize, oh yeah, I don't actually have the power physically to leap out of bed and run to the bathroom. I have to get my cane and, and, you know, kind of half limp to the bathroom. And it's a very different experience than having that physical power to be able to do it. And yet, I also have the power to choose. I can choose to see this as, okay, this is a temporary thing. Um, each time that I walk to the bathroom with my cane, I am strengthening my leg and my hip. Uh, and and the time will come when I will no longer need the cane and there are all kinds of things that um, that I am experiencing as a result of having this hip surgery. That enhance my personal power in ways that I did not expect. You know, because just like you unpacking what is real and what is important to you in choosing a car, I'm unpacking what is real and what's important to me in how I relate to my body and how my relationship with my body uh, then affects the rest of my life. So we always have the power to choose. We have the power to see, we have, you know, you can choose the lens through which you focus. You can see the circumstances of your life as opportunities for growth and creativity, or you can choose to see them as wounds and disabilities, or you can simply choose to see them as they are. You can choose to see the continuum through which your soul carries you through experiences of wounding and disability into growth and creation. So how you see yourself and the world around you will determine what your experiences of that world will be, and it will determine what your relationship with your world is going to be. So the power to see, the power to choose, the power to act, you know, you can choose to act in ways that support your values or that diminish them. You can act to enhance and contribute to wholeness in your own in your own life and in the lives of everybody around you or you can act against it. Like we all have the power to choose, the power to see, the power to act among many other things.
1: And how do you choose to treat yourself?
0: (sighs) with With great love and welcome and um, hospitality um and kindness, I think so much of what happens you know it, certainly for me in my experience um, I'm the second of three um daughters that my parents had. Uh, my mother was probably on on the um, um, very high-functioning autism scale. She was brilliant, and she really didn't like kids. And when I was born, my experience, but like, I remember this, I remember this experience of coming in and we all have this, you know, we come into this world with all of our soul's gifts and this incredible power and radiance and sense of purpose. We are here to express our, our soul's gifts. We're here to experience the delights of being uh, incarnate beings on this planet uh, and then, so much of the time, because of the circumstances of the people around us,
1: um
0: we are not welcomed, our radiance is not welcomed, our power is not welcomed. who we are is not welcomed and it's not because our parents are bad people. it's not because we, as parents are bad people. it's simply the nature of life on this earth that there are so many um tensions and opposites that we deal with that, you know, it's very difficult for us to actually see ourselves as we are. And, and so because I went through that and many sort of similar experiences as a child, um, I just made the choice as far back as I can remember that I was going to welcome myself into this world, that I was going to treat myself with utmost hospitality, that I was going to love myself. Um, and I probably didn't articulate it in quite that way, but instinctively, I simply went where I felt welcome. And then as I grew older and became an adult and could make choices for myself, um. I continued that, and whenever, whenever, that, whenever I lost that central sense of connection to myself um, and began and tipped over into, into um, treating others with greater kindness than I was treating myself, um, things didn't work for me. You know, it's as though it's slicing against the grain of my soul. And, And the way that wholeness works is you can't leave yourself out of wholeness. So you can't love anybody else any more than you are able to love yourself. And, you know, I'm saying all of this and yet all of this really only functions in the 3D world in this way. In the realm of essence and unity, we are all one, and we know it. But in the realm of this physical reality in which we live, uh, each of us is unique, and our boundaries matter, and the differences between us are important. It's, It's important to honor what makes us unique. It's important to honor what makes us singularly who we are. And by honoring and loving ourselves in that way, we are then filled with those qualities of soul that allow us to meet others where they are and to welcome them and to treat them with hospitality and to honor and to love them. You know, power is, as a soul quality, is the active form of love. It is the way in which love shows up in the world. So for me, I treat myself with great kindness and
1: with great hospitality. Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Can you give an example of how you treat yourself with great hospitality?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, um, just most recently, as I said, you know, I've, I've, I've recently had this hip replacement surgery and, um and the first few weeks after the surgery were really hard. Um I couldn't I couldn't sit up for any length of time. I couldn't walk, I couldn't stand more than, you know, just a little bit. I couldn't walk more than just a little bit with a walker. So, and I couldn't lie on either I had to lie on my back for the first few weeks because there are all these hips that sort of um, um well, the things you have to be cautious about because you can dislocate um, the, the the new hip really easily. So I was in pain all the time. I was miserable a lot. And 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 just really overwhelmed. And I would lie, and I was lying in bed for long, long stretches of time. I would read as much as I could, but you know, often that was I I I couldn't do that for very long because I would start to drift off. Um, and I just created scenarios of welcome for myself, like I welcomed my new prosthetic hip into my body. I introduced it to all the cells in my body. I introduced it to the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments uh, that had been cut to accommodate it. Um, I welcomed this new aspect of myself that couldn't do much other than lie in bed um, and asked myself, okay, you know, what would make you happy, right, in this moment? And sometimes it was as simple as just breathing. Sometimes it was as simple as putting you know a cold washcloth on my forehead and closing my eyes. Sometimes it was playing with my imagination because there wasn't a whole lot else I could do um but always it was meeting myself where I am now with welcome that this part of me, this aspect of me that is that feels so helpless and feels so powerless is welcome, is here as an honored guest in my bed, you know. Um, There were times during that time, especially the first few days when my kids, my son and my daughter-in-law came and stayed with me because they wouldn't let me leave the hospital unless there was going to be somebody here at home with me and... Um, you know, I'd have to get up in the night to pee, and I couldn't. I couldn't. I could get myself out of bed, but I couldn't get myself back into bed, which meant that I had to wake them up each time. And I just, it would devastate me. See their you know, the exhausted little faces <laughs> two in the morning. I just hated it. And I'd come back, I'd get back to bed. They'd go off back to sleep, and I would lie there with my heart pounding, just feeling awful and then welcome welcome the feeling welcome myself welcome the self that couldn't get myself back into bed and it's through that sense of welcome that i could reconnect with who i really am you know that who i am encompasses and includes my my vulnerability and my my need um but it goes beyond that. It also includes the need that welcome. Does
1: that make sense? Oh, it makes such great sense. Who I am encompasses and includes my vulnerability and need. And I think that's such an important thing for the listeners, especially when it's about receiving help from somebody else or asking for help or not wanting to bother them, but welcoming yourself instead of being frustrated with what your limitations may be right now?
0: Yeah, and I, you know it, it's not as tidy as that. I mean, I was frustrated, and I was more than frustrated. I was devastated. Like mm-hmm. for me, yeah. in my whole life has been around. At least my life as a mom has been about making my kids' lives better, um, and and to feel that I was the Cause of this burden to them was really, um, on a really visceral level, devastating. I mean, I could, you know, I could talk myself into yes, there are all these wonderful things that that they're, you know, growing into as a result of this and all, but none of it mattered at all because underneath it all was this awful feeling of of. you know, being a burden to my kids. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't a cool feeling at all. And I couldn't talk myself out of it. But rather than trying to talk myself out of it, I could welcome that sense of devastation. And that's what I did. I just welcomed it. I welcomed my grief about being in this position where, Um, when my kids had to stay up at night to take care of me,
1: you
0: know? So it wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't pretending that I wasn't feeling devastated. I was just welcoming the feeling Mm -hmm. and welcoming myself.
1: And here, I appreciate you clarifying that because, you know, decades ago, if I'd be listening to the show on the other side going, well, that's lovely, but there's a bit of a mess in my own brain. And, um, but when when the listeners and people can realize that we move through this, it's not tidy. There can still be the rumble, and we move through it. Isn't that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, um, that is what I'm saying. I'm saying there are no kind of seamless narratives. You know, it isn't. This isn't the kind of oh, here we are all tied up with a bow. What <laughs> is? <laughs> Where, where the order lies in the midst of all that chaos and disorder is simply in that thread of welcome, in the power to choose to welcome everything. So that there's a continuity there in the midst of all of the discontinuities, you know, it's not, it's not a narrative thread, it's a thread of soul that says, no matter what I am feeling, I am going to welcome that feeling. No matter how vulnerable I am, I'm going to welcome my vulnerability. No matter how great I feel in this moment, I'm going to welcome that greatness. Knowing that all of it is discontinuous. You know, everything changes in every moment, but those that quality of hospitality of welcome is a soul quality and it doesn't change I can bring it into those discontinuous moments and that's what holds the fabric of our lives together that power to 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 choose our state of being to choose the consciousness with which we meet Whatever is happening. Because we really have very little control over what goes on around us.
1: Mm-hmm. But we get to choose how we react to it.
0: Yeah, we get to choose our response to it. And we get more than that, we get to choose how we want to be in relationship with
1: ourselves through it. So the voice in my head goes, but sometimes it just feels good to get mad.
0: Yeah, and mad is is, is welcome too. You know, <laughs> mad is not over in one corner and, and and vulnerability and need in another. You know, mad is welcome
1: too. <laughs> okay, phew relief <laughs> <laughs> So I want to talk about being able to stand in your own radiance and feeling safe enough and why why is that and so important
0: You know safety is a fundamental human need it's not just a human need, it's, an, it's, it's a fundamental need for all forms of life. When we feel safe, we are able to be present in our bodies. When we're present in our bodies, we are connected to our souls and we have access to all the powers and the capacities of our souls. But safety comes first. Safety is a soul quality. We can tune into it even in circumstances where we are not safe. And we can create an experience of safety in the midst of almost anything. It doesn't mean that it's going to magically, you know, keep you from. Of getting mugged in a dark alley in the middle of the night but it is a soul quality and, and it's the quality that allows us to be present and our presence is our radiance our presence is the presence of our souls and our souls are light made flesh you know they are radiance made flesh so The more that we can create safety for ourselves, the more fully we can show up. And I see this all the time, you know, with my clients, with my students, um, because so much of what I do and so much of what I teach has to do with transformation. Transformation requires power, transformation also requires safety. Um, the more that you are committed to becoming fully yourself, um, the more you're committed to letting go of the stories that have perhaps run your life um, unconsciously or shaped your life unconsciously for a a whole lifetime, um, the more... in some ways, the more stresses you create, change is stressful, even when it's positive change. So part of being sovereign and part of exercising your sovereign power in your life is choosing to create bedrock safety for yourself. You know, it's recognizing, yeah, I am, you know, I'm about to launch this, this, huge new program, and I've got, you know, everything set up the way that I need to, and the closer I get to it, the more scared I get. Now, if I pretend that I'm not scared and I try to barrel through it, I am treating myself with great disrespect, and I'm also creating an atmosphere for those parts of myself that are the most vulnerable, uh, where they don't feel safe, you know, where parts of me just don't feel safe. So those parts of me are going to start attempting to restore the status quo. They will, you know, they'll, I mean, this is what people call self-sabotage, and it's not really. It's always some part of you, some part of us that requires love and understanding and needs needs to be listened to and heard and have its needs for safety met. So when you take the time to stop and and connect with those of your inner selves, those aspects of you that may be much, much younger, maybe holding on to experiences from age three or age five and are trying to show up as three-year-olds and five-year-olds to launch your shiny new program, they, what they need from you is very different from what your present-day self needs from you. And if you take the time to help them let go of the experiences they've had in the past where they were trying to do something they weren't capable of doing or didn't yet have the power to do, um, and they feel responsible for your business or for your launch, you know you take the time to help them let go of that responsibility let remind them that they are three or five or eleven or whatever it is age that that part of you is, and that they they're not responsible for your business. they can hang out, they can play, they can be in your heart, they can you know come along for the ride if they want but They don't have to actively do anything besides just be themselves. And that's how you create safety. When you create that safety for them, then every part of you comes along on whatever journey you are choosing for yourself. And there aren't parts of you that are pulling in opposite directions, which is when things tend to fall apart. So to show up with your full radiance Means to show up whole, and to show up whole, you have to create safety for every part of you, and move at a pace that doesn't leave any part of you behind.
1: Well, and that goes back to your wholeness, right? When you're bringing all parts of you, that's the wholeness that you're bringing with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, that's the single most important thing you can do. You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you suddenly Oprah phoned tomorrow and said, Corinne, I want you to come be on my show. Um, you know, part of you is ready for it. You've been doing this wonderful radio show for so long. Uh, and you know how to show up at an interview. You know how to show up in public. You know how to speak in a way that that brings your heart front and center. And yet, there are going to be parts of you that, that are probably, my guess is, going to freak out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, say you have um three-month period lead time, yeah, you know, you'll spend part of that time kind of prepping in whatever ways you prep, but the, the, the most fundamental prep you can do is to tune in and check in with every part of yourself. Like, I call these, you're in you know, my inner selves, you can call them whatever you want, but they bring in every part of me into my heart. And I let them know, hey, in three months, we're going to be on Oprah, and how do you guys feel about this? You know, and there'll be parts of me that will go, yay, and parts of me that go over my dead body, and parts of me that go, I just want to go to sleep or run away or eat an entire bag of chips or, you know, whatever it is, Right. And those are the parts that need reassurance. They need guidance. They need safety. And and they may need it over and over and over again. I mean, these are relationships. They're not, you know, you can't... The agenda is not to get them to do what you... Get every part of you to do what you want. The agenda is to welcome... And show hospitality to and love and nourish and nurture and, and help to help to create safety for every part of yourself and then, when you are on that stage with Oprah or I guess she 's not on the stage anymore, whatever she does, um, you're showing up with every part of you feeling safe doesn't mean that you won't be you know that that you you might not have
1: flutters or
0: anxieties or whatever, but you will show up as fully as you're able. And when you show up fully, your soul's radiance is there. You know, people experience you even if they've never met you before. They experience the quality of your
1: being. I love that. I've never, um, I've always thought about the, the dichotomies that we have, but I've never thought about the different um, parts of ourselves and, and how that can lead to the different voices. So I, I love having that image of talking to the different parts of ourselves and bringing ourselves to safety so that we can wholly show up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause not, you know, not every part of us has the same kind of need for the same kind of safety. What is safety for, you know, for me in my mid-60s is different from what is safety for my three-year-old self or my 10-year-old self, right? Mm -hmm. So when I have these kind of family meetings in my heart, um, I'm giving each part of myself the kind of safety that it needs, that she needs.
1: Thank you. Because that is such a great visual for me. You know, as I was, when we were talking before we got on the show today, I was talking to you about the swim team that I run and how I will talk to, we call them, we're the aqua monsters. So we have big monsters and then we have little monsters in the summer. We have four and five year olds. And how I would talk to a four and five year old or a new swimmer versus a longtime swimmer who's been swimming is very different. And so I get yeah. that there, and so that's just how I want to talk to myself in terms of cultivating a safe place for myself, because there is that three year old self in me, there is that six year old self in me, and realizing yeah. that is so eye opening so thank you so much
0: Oh, you're so welcome I mean, I think it's such it's it's one of those things that that is so essential, you know that we recognize that. We are, we carry within us every age we've ever been and every age we ever will be. You know, we carry every experience we've ever had and the experiences of our ancestors and the experiences of the generations that come after us. Like all of that exists within us. And when we're making choices about how we're going to shape our world, we have to take those things into account and we have to. Spend the time. This is what takes time. This is why spaciousness and time are so important. Because if you don't take the time, if you're just kind of rushing from one thing to the next, you're building up a deficit in a sense, you know. Those, those inner selves feel more and more and more unsafe as they feel more and more unheard. And just like, you're, you, know, like you were saying, your four and five-year-olds on your swim team, The reason that they, that you can speak to them and reassure them is because you have a relationship with them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, they know who you are, or at least they know who you are in relationship to them. They know that you are kind. They know that you're clear. They know that you set boundaries for them. You know, they know that you have their best interests at heart. And so they trust you and trust is built on experience. Our inner selves often haven't had a chance to trust us because we're moving so fast we pay no attention to them. So it takes time to develop a relationship with every part of ourselves and it takes that willingness to welcome every part of us and not not just kind of dismiss it as needy or stupid or childish or unimportant or... Or just a pain in the butt, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's not very hospitable.
0: No, it's not.
1: (laughs) But we do that. We do that so much, so often to ourselves.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we do.
1: We take away... We
0: take the most vulnerable parts of ourselves and we stomp on them. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, and we belittle them and we humiliate them and we ignore them. And, and then we wonder why they hijack everything that we're trying to create.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not because they hate us or they're evil, it's because they're scared.
1: Yes, and then they react in that way from that place of fear.
0: Yeah, they're trying to keep themselves safe. They're also trying to keep us safe because they think it's their job to keep us safe.
1: Mm-hmm. No,
0: because their only experience of us is that we're not taking care of them. So you know, they assume we're not taking care of ourselves either.
1: Well, that's why we we play small, we hide away, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're just trying to keep ourselves safe but we haven't, been safe. we haven't been creating a safe place for our own selves to exist within ourselves.
0: Yeah. And to show up in our full radiance, you know, to come back to your, your question, to show up in our full radiance, we have to show up with every aspect of ourselves. Because our, that three-year-old, that six-year-old, that 10-year-old in you, every aspect of you holds qualities of your soul. So even though the three-year-old may be terrified of the water and not wanting to swim, she also holds qualities of courage and adventure and power and play and delight. And so when you can help her feel safe, then she can bring those qualities that she holds into your wholeness. Without her, you cannot be whole. You can't leave any part of yourself out because by its very nature, wholeness means every part of you is included and welcomed and helped to feel safe enough to show up.
1: Yeah, safety is so important to be able to show up. It mm-hmm. It is so important. Mm-hmm. Well, hero, thank you so much for coming. This has been just such an honor and fun to be able to talk with you again. So, thank you for saying yes.
0: Ah, thank you, Corinne. I will be thinking of you with your swim monsters. Is that what you call them? (laughs) uh,
1: Aqua monsters.
0: (laughs) Aqua monsters. (laughs) Ah. Mm. We have I a lot of monster have the rest fun.
1: of your day hmm? thank you, I said we have a lot of monster fun <laughs> I'm sure you do <laughs> you too, have a beautiful day and we will talk again, so thank you
0: thank you, bye bye
1: oh don't you just feel good after listening to Hero for the last 45 minutes, so lovely so before I go further she uses this word quite often and in previous interviews I remember this word and sovereignty. And so I wanted to Google that for you or not Google, but look up the definition and sovereignty is supreme power, especially over a body politic, freedom from external control and controlling influence. And isn't that what we've been talking about on the show, having the power to choose, having the power to act, you know, welcoming yourself with hospitality that is sovereignty and standing in your own radiance. And oh my gosh, that idea of all of our little selves inside of us and bringing them along. Because how many of you have had a storm when all of a sudden you're going to be vulnerable? Maybe you get this opportunity. It's been a lifelong dream. It could be a job. It could be a date. It could be you know, going to a school that you want to go to. It's been a lifelong dream. And then all of a sudden these different voices pop up and you're getting confused. That made so much sense when she said, it could be your three-year-old self or your four-year-old self. Because my three-year-old self, I could see that. When, I'm a, when I was a swimmer at a swim meet, my three-year-old self could freak out and say, wait, this, is, this could be death. What are you doing? Dump Jumping into the pool. And not ignoring that voice, but bringing it along. And for me now, I have that context of how do I talk to my little monsters on the swim team, right? And they're not monsters, but the aqua monsters, right? I'm not saying they're mean kids, but they're little monsters. They're four and five and they're so adorable. And how would I talk to them and talk to my little three, four, five-year-old self in that way to give me, you know, to tap into my wholeness so that I can move forward. So that for me was like, boing, boing, boing. You know, I just had never looked at it from that point of view. And maybe she said it to me before, but I got it today. And, and so that I want, you know, hopefully that helps you when you notice we have these different voices. Sometimes they're ours, sometimes they're other people's, but really being able to unpack that. That way we can bring ourselves forward instead of the sabotage that both Hero and I see with people. I love this idea of hospitality. Doesn't she just have like this great loving language, being hospitable with ourselves, welcoming ourselves? Because how often are we just beating ourselves up and not being so generous and nice to ourselves? Welcome yourself. Welcome yourself into this world. Treat yourself with the utmost hospitality and love for yourself. And remember, Hero says this, You can't love anyone else more than you love yourself. That's something that Brené Brown taught me years ago on this show. Our ability to love other people is directly correlated to our ability to love ourselves. So support yourself. Support your values instead of acting against it. Greet yourself with love and welcome. How different would your day be if you did that? And then I want to go back to this word power. Because we can think that it's such a negative word, but when we can stand in our own radiance and we can be powerful, and what did Hero say again? Let me pull up my notes. She said, power is a quality of our soul. Who we are are unique beings and it functions differently depending on where we are. So we always have the power to choose. Isn't that great? We have the power to act and really thinking about that in your life and knowing yourself and appreciating yourself and being focused and understanding that. So I ask you this question, how powerful would you be if you felt safe enough to stand in your own radiance? And remember, we create our own safety. So often we want to blame others for not providing it for us, but we create it just by talking to our little people inside of us, or as Hero says, our family of selves. We create that. And you thinking about what do you need to feel safe enough to be that powerful, you know, and what would change in your life as a result of being both safe and powerful? With that question, I'm going to leave you today I really want you to think about this. What would change in your life as a result of being both safe and powerful and not powering over somebody, but standing in your own radiance, bringing your whole self to your life? Thank you so much for listening today. I invite you to not only send me your picture and your iTunes testimonial, but also sign up for my weekly newsletter because when you hit reply on that newsletter, it comes back to me. I read all of them. Unfortunately, I can't answer them all, but I do read them all. So I thank you guys who have been courageous and emailed me back or answered questions when I send something out in the newsletter. It's been fun to create a relationship with you all. And if you need my email, that's the way you email me your iTunes review to be put on the website. Have a fantastic day and I'm smiling big for you.
0: On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.